0: health melbourne welcome radio hi thanks for having me today we're talking about coming off the pill so many of us at some stage have taken the pill we know we can't be on the pill when we get pregnant but what's the best way when dealing with possible fertility issues or trying to get pregnant and stopping the pill and other contraceptive options perhaps yeah sure so look the pills probably the most common contraceptive option used by young women and that's because it's used for various reasons not just contraception yeah so lots of women will have been put on the pill for reasons of having acne to try and reduce that and also to regulate their cycle if it's irregular and protect their uterus if they've got something like polycystic ovarian syndrome where not every month results in a period um because our uterine lining our endometrium it's designed to shed it's not designed to grow and grow and grow and so yeah the it helps control it so look a lot of women think um they need to come off the pill a long time before trying to get pregnant uh, and that's not necessarily true but uh, there's a lot of misconceptions out there about the pill so um yeah so we might just maybe start with how does it work is. Um, yeah. So the pill has within it a combination of estrogen and progesterone. There are progesterone only pills, but that the mini pill, but the, 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 what most people mean when they say the pill is, called, is the combined oral contraceptive pill with both estrogen and progesterone. Now, to really understand how the pill works, you've got to kind of understand about menstrual cycles and ovulation. So I'll just briefly go through that a little bit. So with a menstrual cycle, what happens is we've got all our eggs that we're ever going to have created in our ovary before birth. But we only start ovulating at puberty. And ovulating is the development of a mature egg which releases every month um, to create the possibility of having a baby. And um, while we ovulate for most of our fertile life, we're only really trying to get pregnant for a minority of it these days. What happens is there's this concert of events that lead up to ovulation. The egg that's actually released, the the winning egg, um, takes about a year almost to get ready. So it starts off in the resting pool like all the other eggs with a group of eggs around the same stage and then gradually because of what we call autocrine and paracrine mechanisms, which in other words means local hormonal controls leaves the resting pool together with a group of eggs and um, that group of eggs starts going through a development process that takes almost a year and the last part of it is influenced by the cyclic hormonal changes of the menstrual cycle um, and that's really what we notice. But, so what happens at puberty when we've got all these eggs for our whole life? What happens at puberty? Um, so what happens is that we have this control centre in the brain called the hypothalamus And it's the master of the pituitary gland, which is in the base of the brain. The pituitary gland really controls the ovary. And it does so by releasing hormones called the gonadotrophins. Gonad means kind of either ovary or testis. So gonadotrophins also are important in sperm production in the male. But what these hormones need to do to get the ovary going and select out a dominant egg every month is they have to cyclically change in a pulsatile way. And until that rhythm is right, of pulsatile secretion, women don't ovulate. Um, and what happens at puberty is that suddenly these GnRH or gonadotropin releasing hormone neurons in the in the hypothalamus, they wake up and they start to secrete hormone. But at first, it's not so rhythmic. At first, it hasn't really got the beat. It hasn't got the rhythm right, and um, that's why. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. So, originally, you get a period out of the blue, but then maybe it's not regular for a couple of years, and that's normal. Um, we say, you know, after you get your, your menarche, which is your first period, it's normal for the first probably 18 months to two years to have a period in an irregular fashion. But this axis, this hormonal kind of constant of events, it, it, it gains a rhythm. And once it's got its mojo, in women who – it's functionally normal – yeah, around. I mean, there's a variety. Just like anything in nature, some people have a slightly shorter, sometimes people have a slightly longer cycle. So there's a variety of what's normal. We say from 25 days to 35 days is is normal. But the average would be 28 days between the start of a period and the start of the next period, um, including all the bleeding days and all the other days. And that's what we call a 28-day cycle. And that's, that's what we call normal. Um, so basically... If you have the pill, you muck up that cycle of of hormonal pulsatility. The feedback mechanism that tells us to switch off our follicle stimulating hormone and luteinising hormone um, release, because it switches off the hypothalamic, the hypothalamus release of the GNRH hormone, is estrogen. And if we give estrogen through the pill, then we're just not going to make that GNRH hormone release happen. And that's how the pill works. So it kind of tricks your body into thinking the estrogen's high, which is, by the way, what happens in pregnancy. So I think of it like it's tricking your body into thinking it's pregnant. Right. So you, don't, you, don't have you don't need to ovulate when you're pregnant. And when you're on the pill, you don't ovulate. And that's how it works. If you don't release an egg, you can't get pregnant. Simple as that. Um, so when it fails, it's because maybe you haven't absorbed it properly. Like sometimes when people are on antibiotics... Um, or if they've had a vomiting illness um, or if they're on medication that influences how fast the liver breaks the drug down so that it's metabolised faster, so it's not effective, Um, or they've forgotten to take it, which can happen with the pill and you can have what's called an escape ovulation. And the most dangerous time to forget to take a pill is in the sugar pill time. Um, Most women who've taken the pill know that there's usually in a in a cycle of the pill in a packet, there's 21 active tablets and there are seven placebo tablets, which are sugar tablets. And the idea behind the placebo tablets is to keep the habit so that we don't forget to take the pill because one of the ways the pill works is to keep the hormones, exactly, to keep it constant. And um, you don't want to forget the active tablets. So if you have sugar tablets to take their place on days where active tablets aren't needed... um, That just helps you keep the habit. Um, So that makes it more effective. The sugar tablets are the time when you're taking a pill where you have a bleed. It's not a period. People think of it as a period. Uh, most, most, Most women consider whenever bleeding happens from the uterus that it's a period. But gynecologists consider that a period is the bleed that happens after an ovulation where a pregnancy hasn't happened so you would call it from a gynecological standpoint i would call a period on the pill a withdrawal bleed as opposed to a real true period it comes from the uterus but it's just the uterus is kind of a slave to what you're taking so if instead of having this lovely cyclic rhythm preparing an egg for release when you're on the pill it's just basically like the pill hormones have a peak just after you take it and a trough just after the next pill is due but the average is a flat line so you're just taking this flat line hormone the ovaries are switched off if you do an ultrasound for women on the pill often the ovaries look very quiet you can't see many follicles there because they're not developing and doesn't mean you don't have them just means they're not active and uh, the lining of the uterus is often very thin on the pill because the estrogen is taken in a cyclic uh, manner in a stable dose and it doesn't uh, it doesn't kind of rise like it does with ovulation. So in an ovulation cycle, the estrogen is made by the follicle, which is the series of what's called granulosa cells surrounding the egg. They're hormonally active cells and they're making more and more estrogen as the follicle grows and gets ready to ovulate a mature egg. So actually in an ovulatory cycle, a natural cycle, the estrogen is rising. Whereas in the pill cycle, like I said, it's like a flat line. So the lining of the uterus in a natural cycle will grow until ovulation and in a pill cycle it will grow only a little bit. Which is why people who have very painful or very heavy periods often quite like being on the pill because it means a lighter period. Yeah, and it, the pill can be used to treat conditions like endometriosis and to treat conditions like adenomyosis, which is when the glands of the uterus... Um, grow into the muscle and cause pain and heavy periods. Uh, it can treat heavy periods just that are what we call physiological. Some women just have really heavy periods without there being a, you know, a, a pathology to point a stick at. It's just that that's what their uterus unfortunately does and it can result in them becoming anaemic or iron deficient and um, putting them on the pill might really reduce that or let them skip periods. Some women don't ovulate when they're off the pill And that can be for a variety of reasons. Uh, Polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, which we've done a few podcasts on in the series, uh, is a common reason, but so is what we call functional hypothalamic um, amenorrhea, which is a big word, but it basically means like the hypothalamus is misbehaving and not giving the right signals. And that can happen if women are too skinny, like in anorexia, or in athletes who um, might have a very low body mass index. yeah, but you so can actually be too skinny. And and if your body is too slim, then from nature's point of view, that's a risk for you as a mother. You don't have the resources to um, to look after the baby, to breastfeed, um, to aid survival. Um, and your own survival might be significantly compromised if you were to fall pregnant. So um, you just don't have those energy stores and nature's ways to turn off ovulation to protect you. Um, whereas you may be being perfectly healthy and fine and and just choose to, to be that way because of your lifestyle, like if you're a dancer or if you're a gymnast or if you're a, a, a an elite athlete. Yeah, or just stop maybe that degree of exercise intensity. So any chronic illness can cause lack of ovulation. So any condition that causes stress to the body and in some women who are susceptible, emotional stress can cause women not to ovulate, often in combination with those other things. So look, the pill might be used for women like that. And what can happen when you stop the pill is that the reason that you took it in the first place can be uncovered. So you might have forgotten um, why you took it in the first place. I have lots of patients who have been on the pill for a decade or more and maybe since they were a teenager. And they stop taking the pill when they're thinking about getting pregnant. And they don't have a regular cycle. And then you ask on history, well, did you ever have a regular cycle? And they reflect and they think, well, maybe I didn't. So the pill won't prevent um, these – well, it won't cure these underlying conditions necessarily. And when you stop the pill, these conditions might be unmasked. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, what's normal for somebody isn't what's normal for someone else. Um, but sometimes life events have changed and, and lifestyles change. So, for example, it's quite common for us to put on a little bit of weight as we get older. If you have a polycystic ovary, maybe you were put on the pill when you were a teenager and maybe now you weigh 15 to 20 kilos more than that. And so, look, some interventions when you stop the pill might be very powerful at regulating your cycle in that, in that circumstance. So you really have to have a look. When someone comes off the pill and they don't get their periods back straight away, um, after, you know, a couple of months, really, you should get your period back. So there's this phenomenon called post-pill amenorrhea, which means not getting your period back off the pill, which I always say is a myth. You know, there's, there's always a reason if you're not getting your period back when you stop the pill. Well, look, you've got to remember that if you're not getting a period, um, if you're not releasing an egg, you can't possibly get pregnant. So that's a reason. Usually we say if you're under 35, seek help after a year. If you're over 35, seek help after six months. But if you're not releasing an egg, then that would be wasted time for you, no matter how young you are. So I would say that if you're not having your period regularly after three months off the pill, Go to your GP and ask for a referral to a fertility specialist. And your GP should also do a pregnancy test because it's possible when you're trying to conceive and you stop the pill to get pregnant before you have a period. So you'll have the withdrawal bleed from stopping the pill but then some women who don't get a period might already be pregnant. They might just have ovulated and um, had sex at the right time and winged it. So that's one of the tests in the workup. But um, also if someone hasn't had, if they truly haven't had a period they haven't had an ovulation, I'll be trying to work out why that is. And by running a series of blood tests and having a look at the ovaries with an ultrasound, um, we can really categorise women who don't have a period after stopping the pill into three groups. One will be polycystic ovarian syndrome. One will be women who have that central suppression that we were talking about, hypothalamic causes of, of an ovulation. And there'll be And this doesn't happen often but there will be a group who have premature menopause um, and they're not ovulating because of ovarian failure. So they're the three groups. And working out what you're dealing with um, as a fertility specialist really helps target interventions to bring back a regular cycle. Now there's always the need to investigate the male at the same time because... My feeling is that ovulation induction, which is what you need to do in some circumstances to bring back a cycle, it's, it's quite intense and not necessarily, but it can. Yeah. And um, certainly involves careful monitoring, multiple appointments, ultrasound scans that are internal. It's a, it's a it is. And remember that what we're trying to do with ovulation induction is we're trying to normalised fertility. So we're not supercharging fertility, we're just bringing it back to baseline and the average person who's normally fertile has about a one in five chance of conceiving every month. It's about 20%. Um, so that's what we're aiming for. So a lot of people ovulate and don't necessarily get pregnant for a while. So when women do have ovulation induction therapy, um, they can expect to do that for you know minimum three to six months before moving on to something else. So you know you want to make sure they're not wasting that time and going through treatment in a futile way. So it's it's just a, a no-brainer to check the sperm um, at the beginning, just to make sure that any treatment you know that you undertake um, gives women a fighting chance. I also often do take a history and recommend checking the fallopian tubes and giving them a flush because if a woman's had chlamydia, if she's had endometriosis, um, she might have blocked tubes and you might put her through ovulation induction for six months if you don't check and um, it was futile. Yeah, knock at the results. So, look, those things are important. Um, but, yeah, look, coming off the pill, most women will get a period back within two to three months maximum. Some women will get a period back in six weeks and that's normal. And um, the take-home message is if you're not getting a period having stopped the pill for a significant amount of time, you should be investigated and one of those investigations should be a pregnancy test. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Knocked Up, the podcast about getting pregnant. For more information about Ralia, Women's Health Melbourne and how to get pregnant, please visit womenshealthmelbourne.com.au or find us on the socials under Women's Health Melbourne or you can send an email with any future episode requests to podcasts at womenshealthmelbourne.com.au. See you next week.